When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. All right, Cam, run those questions down. We'll get to the other 13 teams. If you missed any of our Texas talk, a lot of Texas football talk in the first hour of the show, get to the podcast page at hornfm.com. We'll run that down. And we'll have the full rundown tomorrow starting at 10 with Light the Tower with myself and with Craig. Craig is back tomorrow. We'll be live on the field at AT&T Stadium with Big 12 Media Days coverage with the Longhorns going tomorrow. So, Cam, Run them down. I'll answer as best I can. Real quick, uh, Madison Skeeter named the Big 12 Volleyball Preseason Player of the Year. Get your breaking news sounder out, sir, for that. I deserve it. There we go. Thank you to John in the Bay for that. Okay, so same questions, but this one is excluding, or these are all excluding Texas. So we're going to start out, what is your most interesting storyline that does not involve the Texas Longhorns directly? Who's going to be that surprise team? Who's that team that's going to come from the middle of the pack or the bottom of the pack and contend for this thing? TCU did it last year. We've seen Baylor do it. We've seen Iowa State do it. I I, pick, I made my pick, Cam, in that poll I had to fill out for twenty four seven sports. I don't think not Can- Big Twelve though. I don't you think need a ballot. I don't think Kansas. No, the Big Twelve doesn't give me a ballot, and I won't be attending Big Twelve Media Days again, so I won't have to worry. This was the last year yeah. I would have gotten a ballot. You're going to show them. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm going. I'm moving to the SEC. I'm de- <laughs> de- yeah, taste it, your mark. <laughs> I'm de- I'm declaring my uh my move right now. Oh, I'll be man. moving to the SEC next summer. Um, Voter realignment is real, folks. For sure. I I don't think they're going to win the conference or contend for it. My surprise team is Kansas. I just think a healthy Jalen Daniels is that much of an X factor. So I I think Kansas. I. I if we're sitting here, Kansas is a seven or eight win team at the end of the year. It's not going to surprise me. I think Daniels is that good. And a, a, a really, real easy non-conference schedule like last year. Who's uh, their Who's their power five? I think it's White. Well, isn't Wyoming's not power five? Mm, so, nope. are they back with Duke again? Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, actually, should be Duke. Should be hosting Duke. I think. Is that the back end of a home and home? No, Illinois. Excuse me, Illinois. That. Missouri State, Illinois, at home. In Champaign or in Lawrence? In Lawrence. In Lawrence. Nevada's their week three game. Big 12 play opens. They host BYU, travel to Texas, which you've already talked about as a game that really scares you. I think you and Rod. Host UCF. Pucker factor kicking in a little bit. They are home for Oklahoma, home for Tech, home for K-State. Yeah, I can see it. Give me, give me the Jayhawks to be the surprise team. All right, what is who is your coach that has the most to prove this season, including think, Steve Sarkeesian? Yeah, I think it's Dave Aranda. That's who I had for mine. Yeah, because again, I just don't like the way that thing is trending. You know, you got all most of those Matt Rule takes, yep. and the guys that you know Dave Aranda finished developing those guys, but they were guys that Matt Rule staff identified. I don't really like their quarterback outlook with Blake Shapin. Uh, you know, it's Dave Aranda in defense. You figure they're they're going to be capable on that side of the ball. I just I don't really know what to expect from them offensively. I mean, they got you know, Monterey Baldwin and Richard Reese. 
Josh Cameron and Cedar Park alone. They got some some weapons. I just I don't see how Baylor is significantly improved from going six and seven last year. Remember when Blake Shapin started the Big Twelve title game with like seventeen straight completions? Mm-hmm. We thought going into last year, like, man, Baylor's gonna be nasty. Six and seven last season. Another coach, there's a couple, but Dana Holgerson for me is kind of in that probably like top three with Mike Gundy of coaches with most to prove. Same thing with Aranda, right? Won 12 games, but with a roster that wasn't his. Won 8-5 and five last year. Now I know 12-8 and eight wins are pretty good for a Houston program, but as they transition to this new Big 12, you know, there is not one team that's going to have, you know, a stranglehold on the conference. Yeah. It's, it's pretty wide open. They're, it's pretty you know, wide open. You know, Cam, there there are coaches that I, I'm not going to use the term, and maybe you can use hot seat for Dana Holgerson, but I would put like Dave Aranda, Mike Gundy, Matt Campbell. I would for sure put those three guys in the group of, you're not on the hot seat, but you really need to start showing something and really turn around the perception of where you are right now. Yeah. And all three of those guys are in very different spots for very different reasons. But I think all three of those have teams that, hey, I need to, you're not in danger of losing it here, but you need to pick up the pace a little bit this year. My next question was, and you kind of already answered it, but the under the radar team to watch, I think you answered it with Kansas. Yeah, I think Kansas. Okay. And I mean, I, the hard thing for me is which of these four newcomers can have an impact. I mean, I, I would think UCF, just because of their their roster, a, a veteran quarterback with John Reese Plumley and a coach that, again, <laughs> it seems like every year he's either fighting for his job or fighting for a national championship. At least that was his tenure at Auburn with Gus Malzahn. Uh, yeah, I, I think of the newcomers, it would be UCF, but I just think Kansas, man, I – I really dig what Lance Leipold's done with that program. I think for me, it's the team that went to the national championship and was picked fifth in the Big 12 poll. I know they lost Quentin Johnston and Max Dugan, but, I mean, Sony Dykes is still there. And, you know, he's rebuilt the roster. He's added a a couple big names, JoJo Earl, Trey Sanders, Tommy Brockermeyer. There's some guys there. Now, I don't know if they're going to be – they're not on the college football championship contender list, but – I don't know how you can discount them as the fifth team to win when Dykes came in and took that team to the playoff. Yeah, you know what? I, I think I'll throw in another one. The ultimate wild card team for me is Oklahoma. Because I, I if you tell me, hey, Oklahoma's going six and six again, I can listen to that and believe it. If you tell me they're going ten and two or eleven and one, I can I can listen to an argument where that's believable. I just have Man, they were so bad on defense last year. But their offense, when Dylan Gabriel's healthy, when he was healthy, they were really good. Yeah. So, you know, Oklahoma's again, Oklahoma's one of those teams that they they could be somewhere between six and eleven wins, anywhere in there, and it's not gonna surprise me. One of my other questions was team with the biggest question mark entering the season. You mentioned Oklahoma as a wild card. What about Oklahoma State? What's who who is Oklahoma State's quarterback this year, Jeff? Do you know? You know, I've I've compared it uh I've compared Mike Gundy right now to where Gary Patterson was at the end at TCU. And I just wonder if things have started start on that downward trend for Mike Gundy and if it's just time for maybe both parties to 
kind of be done with each other. And you say that Mike Gundy's an alum, and there were coaches throughout TCU's history that have had success. I mean, you look Oklahoma, their most successful stretch, but you can say the probably the most prominent stretch of TCU football has probably been under Gary Patterson. There's no question the longest run of sustained success in Oklahoma State history has been Mike Gundy. So, you know, I'll, I'll learn this when Texas and Mac parted ways. When you've got a legendary coach, there's no easy way to, to have that separation happen. But I just feel like Mike Gundy's at the point where you're on this downward trend, and I've seen a lot of coaches, a lot of great coaches, Hall of Fame coaches, that when the plane started going into a nosedive, they couldn't pull it up. So I just I just wonder if Gundy's at that point right now. Alan Bowman, maybe their starter week one. He's the quarterback with the most experience on that team. I think the second most experienced well, we, quarterback. We saw is we saw Gundy. what was behind. We saw what was behind Spencer Sanders last year, and it left a lot to be desired. Mr. Shaky, yeah, Mr. Shaky. Last question for you, uh, uh, real quick on uh, Oklahoma State because I'm just infatuated. Yeah, Garrett Rangel has the second most uh, snaps at quarterback behind Spencer Sanders, who's now at Ole Miss, I believe, right? Yeah. Okay, last one for you. We can wrap it up here. Uh, coach or player you're most interested in hearing from outside of Steve Sarkeesian in Texas? Joey McGuire for the same reasons yeah. that I said Texas because, dude, when's the last time Tech had any kind of expectations? It's a big year for them, right? Yeah. They got a first-place vote in the poll. I mean, it's been through the, you know, the 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 the, the Tommy Tuberville era and you know Cliff at the end there was not a lot to be excited about and you know Matt Wells and now with with Joey coming in there and really just galvanizing that fan base around what they're doing they've got expectations and how do they handle expectations now cuz nobody nobody expected anything from Tech last year unless you're a Red Raider nobody expected Tech to be a team that was that could you know have an impact by way of their win over Texas, have an impact on the conference championship race. But they did. And they ended up, you know, with the with a good record and a lot of momentum in the offseason. I just kinda want to get the vibe with tech and see what's going on. Well their last four games, including a bowl game victory against Ole Miss, they beat Oklahoma, they beat Texas, and the recruiting class really came together at the end. And we've had a few of their Commitments and players on our Flex show this summer, Jeff, including Will Hammond, mm-hmm. uh, the Texas Tech commit, um, and then we had the, the Huddle quarterback. Yes, yeah. and then um, oh my goodness, the the Flugerville, uh, the Huddle cornerback who just a receiver who just committed to TCU, but he I can't remember his name, Jeff, uh, but he visited Lubbock, and everyone that I've talked to that's gone and visited McGuire in Lubbock, it's been nothing but rave reviews about Joy McGuire, Zach Kitley, the experience. He's he's building something, and in this new Big Twelve era, we've talked about how it's you know kind of wide open for someone to go ahead and become that team in the Big Twelve. But it does feel like Texas Tech right now, as of right now, feels like the team that is best positioned for being that number one team once OU and Texas leaves. Which is something that a few years ago you would have been like, no, no, no. way. The, the the thing about TZU that uh, I think Horn Frog fans can hang their hat on and feel optimistic about, at this time last year we were talking about how much of a better fit for Sonny Dykes' offense Chandler Morris was than Max Duggan. 
So at least you got that going for you. And like you said, Cam, through the through the portal, and Sonny Dykes did that at SMU, and they've continued to do it at TCU. They they worked the portal. That organization, that Sonny Dykes organization, works the portal as well as anybody in the country, or maybe better than anybody in the country. They did it at SMU, and now they're doing it now. So that's the TCU thing. And then two Oklahoma texts on the Specs text line. It says, Oklahoma got a BS schedule, no Baylor, K-State, or Tech. And Oklahoma's really struggled with Kansas State. I don't know. That's just one of those deals. It's just there's one team that just gives you problems for – Unknown reasons, and that's been K State for OU. And then uh, this texture said also, but the flip side of that is, I really want to see how TCU looks without Garrett Riley. But it's to me, it's still Sonny Dykes' offense, so I, yeah. I, I think they're going to be okay. And the DC Horn makes a really good point. So OU lost its last four games by a field goal each. They also missed a field goal in each game. Only twenty-one players left over from the Lincoln Riley regime. So Brent Venables has. For all intents and purposes, gutted that roster, yeah, and and turned it over. So, like I said, you could you could tell me that hey, they're still going to have a six seven win season. There's still going to be some growing pains, or they're ready to take off and they're a double digit win team. And I'll listen to. I think there are rational arguments to be had for both. I I wonder if it's going to be kind of like Tom Herman from year one to year two, where year one seven and six, and I think all six losses were by what. One score, except for the TCU game. Yeah, the Maryland was a ten point loss, and Maryland it was only ten because Colin Johnson scored a garbage time touchdown. And then, yeah, that's true. And then in twenty eighteen, of course, that was the Sugar Bowl year where Texas won ten games. So, can Oklahoma make that leap? Because we talked about how Sark's been, how usually teams, you know, they'll have a really bad year in one score game, and then the next start, year kind of evens yeah, out. It typically doesn't carry over year to year. Could that right. be Oklahoma this year? And then maybe it's the team that ends up being. Could be. 